Hey everyone, this is Connor, aka Cage. Just want to apologize for again missing their episode this week. Uh, I personally have been uh, dying of sickness this week, uh, but we'll be all set to go for next week. In the meantime, I decided to publish the first episode of an older podcast me, AJ, and JT did a couple years ago called The House Divided. This is a D&D podcast that I DM. Uh, AJ plays a character called Rallin Diamondu. JT plays a bard named Molino. Sage, a friend of the show, plays a character named Sage. It's a pretty cool show. Uh, this is the first episode. If you guys are interested in this and want to hear the rest, let me know. Maybe we can keep publishing it as a bonus episode. So hopefully we'll be able to record more content for you guys. But in the meantime, enjoy House Divided. For a little backstory of this campaign... This is set in the year 1861-ish, somewhere around there. <laughs> and most D&D campaigns are set in some fantasy world. This is not one of them. This is set in the United States of America in 1860s. America. So, uh, Civil War has not started yet, but tensions are brewing to north and south. And you three are on a train. To Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Now, what I want you guys to think about through this campaign is why you're on this train in the first place. You don't have to say that now. So in the compartment of the train, you're on like a Harry Potter style train with like you know compartments and stuff going on. You have this uh, pretty average tall sized human with a funny flute. You have uh, an elf who's kind of sitting who's sitting next to him because across the way there's this nine foot tall dragon man who's taking up a lot of the space. What do you guys want to do? Can I try to make some money by playing some music? Uh, yeah. Roll a performance check. So, which one is that? Uh, roll a d20 and then add your performance modifier to it, which is on your character sheet. So, the d20, I rolled a 1. Oh, alright. So, fun. So, this is actually a great time to say this. <laughs> Shit. When you roll a 20, you instantly success on every any check you're making. Or, when you're in combat, you, you know, it's a critical hit. A one is the complete opposite. It's a critical failure, and <laughs> you automatically fail what you're doing. So you rolled a one. All right, so you're playing your flute. Let's say the food lady comes by with the cart, like offers you food. She's an elf, and she goes, shut the fuck up, and then throws a pumpkin pie at your face and goes by. That sucked. In the meantime, I'm just rolling on the floor laughing, but not literally. That's pretty funny. Uh, this is, keep laughing, Elf. Keep laughing. This is very awesome. similar to his first date. It is. <laughs> Why is... does everyone got to hate on the bard? That I'm trying to get music, have. man. All right, so the very first roll of this campaign was a one, which is... I think it's, <laughs> I think it's foreshadowing. All right, so uh, the rest of you. Uh, why don't you all make a perception check right now? So roll d20 and then add your perception modifier to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so Echo rolled a uh, one. Sorry, AJ. I'm too rolled... busy laughing to notice anything right yeah, now. Yeah, so AJ, all right, AJ, you have no idea why you're moving right now. You don't understand you're on a train. Uh, no. All right. Uh, Molino, with your 15 perception roll, you 
notice that there is someone else in the cart carriage with you. It's a young boy. He's reading newspaper, but he keeps like peeking over the top of the newspaper. You know, like he's look, like kind of looking at you guys. He's kind of cramped to the side because Sage is so big, but he's sitting next to Sage. But you kind of keep noticing him like peeking over his head. What does the newspaper say? The newspaper says there's just kind of you know general stuff like news and stuff, but the headline says slavery could lead to all-out war. Can I throw a coin at him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you throw a coin at him, but he kind of uh, notices. You throw it as he's picking up again, and he is able to dodge it. And he goes, whoa, sir, what was that about? You look kind of shady over there, kid. Uh, what's oh, up? I'm sorry. I just, I get nervous when I'm around new people. Um, he's like, starts to hyperventilate a little bit. And he goes, um, are, are you guys adventurers? Am I, am I able to hear? Like, yeah, you're all, you're all in the compartment. This is all okay. happening. You're all, all four of you are in the compartment together. Well, so, AJ, now you notice that he's in the room. Yeah. So I, I kind of hear what's going on. Like I hear the yeah. coin hit the wall and I look up, I stop laughing at, uh, uh, Molino for a second here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hear the child and I'm like, uh, I respond to him saying that yes, I I am an adventurer. Why do you ask? Oh, I'm. It's just I've always wanted to be an adventurer. You know, my dad he doesn't he doesn't really support the fact that I want to be an adventurer, but but you know, adventuring seems so cool. There's all these things I can do. As he's speaking, you hear some commotion outside, in like the compartment train thing. In another compartment or in? Yeah, it's kind of down. I don't know if hallways the right word, but kind of down. Few compart, few cars. You hear some kind of ruffling and yelling. I kind of uh, I kind of look at the child and and give him a look of like, hold on a second, and I peek my head up out of the door, trying to uh, see if I can see what's going on. Okay, uh, Sage, what are you doing right now? Because you're taking up most of this compartment. I'm pretty quiet, so okay. I'm just looking around at what's. All right. JT and Echo are doing. Okay. So, AJ, you said you stuck your head out of the compartment. Roll an investigation check this time. Roll to 16. All right. Uh, you see a couple people running out of the next car, and you hear a gruff voice saying, uh, Give us all you got. I quickly pull my head back inside the cart. All right. And, and shut the door. <laughs> okay. And then I... Suppose I let everyone know okay, inside the so, so you let everyone know. <laughs> How do you do it? Um, so I shut the door mm-hmm. after I put my head in, and I kind of look. I look at Sage, and I'm like, "Can you keep this door shut for now?" And then I look at JT, and I say, "Can you fight?" And then I tell the child to just stay behind us. Okay, this kid is like you. He is so close to shitting his pants. It's it's unreal. <laughs> He is so I, terrified right now. Can I try to convince the kid to uh, go see what's going on for us? <laughs> yeah. Uh... I, I was actually going to tell you to send the kid to his death, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so both of you uh, make a... Is there a persuasion modifier? There is. Yeah, make a persuasion check. You had to roll like a 30 on that. So <laughs> he's this kid, he, he's scared. 
but he seems to have a pretty good idea what's going on. And as you're, you know, trying to convince him to go out, the door actually opens. And standing there are these two very large, large goblins. One has a short sword and the other is wielding a dagger. The one with the dagger kind of goes in the compartment and he points it at uh, Molino. Awesome. He points it and he goes, this is a stick up. Give me all your money now. Can I uh, can I intimidate him to uh, yeah. get the fuck off the train? Uh, yeah, you can intimidate him. Uh, make an intimidation check. And it's going to go again. So we're going to do a contest here. You're going to roll intimidation check and against his constitution check, which is not very high. Get wrecked. Okay. Um, yeah, that's not going to do it. All right. So you intimidate the shit out of him. He is so, he is like, he steps back and kind of looks at his friend and he is like, whoa, whoa, man, uh, I don't know what to do. But the guy, the one with the short sword is not intimidated. So what I'm, we're going to do now, we're going to roll initiative. So everyone roll d d20 and it's your initiative modifier. Oh, uh, and then initiative. tell me what you got. I'm still learning how to do this. So yeah, that's fine. I got a 10. Right, you got a 10. Whoa. Melino got... Holy shit. Melino rolled a 22. Coming in clutch with them big rolls after the one to start the game. Yeah. Yeah, you see? Foreshadowing. And then... Yes. AJ, what did you roll? You rolled the 10, right? Yep. And then Sage, what did you roll? 12. 12. 12. Awesome. So, the way um, initiative works is the order of which events happen. So... The goblins are about to initiate combat. And Molino, you are going to go first in the order because you rolled a 22. And if you want to attack the goblins, you can have advantage on the one that you intimidated. Advantage means you roll your attack roll twice and take the better of the two. Mm. So if you want to attack him, uh, you have advantage on it. Or if you want to do some, something else, you can too. Actually... I would like to. I would like to attack the guy I, I scared. Okay, so roll a d twenty twice. Take the best of the two. Uh, so what was your best one there? Five. All right, that is not going to do it. So you kind of, you kind of swing. What weapon are you using on that? Uh, a dagger. All right, so you kind of swing your dagger, and it, you're just not close. All right, next in the order is actually the boy, and what he does. He kind of puts the paper down and kind of folds it neatly, neatly. Then he takes a dagger out. And he kind of runs up to the goblin you intimidated. Amino, and he actually stabs it through the chest. Go kid. Yeah, right? <laughs> While he's doing that, he kind of goes, oh, oh, it's so gross. It's so gross. But he <laughs> does uh, four damage to it. Now, next in the order is Sage. It's up to you. Uh, you're up now. I can try to attack as well, right? Yep. And you are proficient in two-handed weapons, so you actually get two full-blown attacks if you're using your two... Uh, which one are you going to attack? The bigger of the two. So the one that has not been damaged yet? Yes. All right. So roll a d20. Okay, that is a hit. 19. Ouch. Um, and are you using your katana? Yes, I am. All right. Uh, roll a d8 and then add your strength modifier to That was an 8. Yeah. Plus four. All right. 
So what you actually do to this Gerblin, you um, you kind of just take one katana without even looking at him. You just chop his head straight off. Rip. The second Gerblin's <laughs> dead. The guy with the short sword. He's he's dead. Uh, all right. So you killed him. And would you like to use your second attack? Uh, yeah. All right. Why don't you attack? Why don't you try attacking the other goblin? <laughs> Yeah. Drilled to four. That one is not going to do it. But the other one, the other, other goblin now is just so. He's not feeling this at all. He does not want any part of this. He is actually his turn now. By the way, I forgot to mention this before. He is bloodied. Bloodied means he's halfway of his health. So he's he's super bloodied now. Uh, he looks like he doesn't have much left. But he's going to use his like, last feat of strength to attack. Uh, let's say he's gonna attack you, Sage, because you just killed his friend. And what's your AC, Sage? Sixteen. All right. So he rolled a sixteen, and Ty goes for the uh, person attacking. So he is going to attack you, and he's using his. Wait, this is a, this is a dagger guy. So he is only gonna do uh, five damage to you. So keep track of your own hit points, guys, too. I don't know if I said that before. But he attacks you and then looks like he immediately regretted it because you just look super pissed, I'm assuming. And then, AJ, it is your turn. Okay. Um, how big are these compartments that we're in? Let's say let's say they're, it's like a luxury train, so it's probably 10 by 15 feet. Okay. Um, I don't know where exactly I'm located in it, so I'm just going to assume that I'm too far, or I'm too close to use my bow. So yeah. what I do is I draw my two short swords and I attack it. All right. Uh, so roll a d20 first. Uh, six. All right, that is not... Oh, wait. Uh, do I have a modifier to add uh, to It that should be your, dex your dexterity, it should be. Oh, then I have a plus four, so it's a ten. All right, that is still not going to do it. Um... Are you using your second short sword as a another attack? Because you can do that. You uh, just don't have uh, you won't have a ton of damage done to it. Um. Yeah, I'll roll another okay. d twenty. Yeah, so you can roll another d twenty. There's a lot of dual wielders in this party. A seventeen. Okay, that one's gonna do it. Uh, are you using your short sword. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So roll a um, roll a d eight, and since you're not proficient in two handed weapons. You do not add your strength to that. You just add, you just roll D eight, and that's the damage you do. Seven. Holy shit! All right. So you missed the first attack, and the goblin kind of laughs at you. But the second one, you just stab it right through his chest, and he kind of coughs up some green blood. <laughs> and he kind of looks straight at you, and goes, "Oh shit!" And he dies. Can I do something sweet? I I have him on the end of my sword, yeah. and I'm like. What, six feet tall or so. Yeah. So being the nimble little elf that I am, I just pick my foot up and kick him off the edge of my sword and back out into the hallway. Nice. All like right. crazy little swirly thing to get the blood off my sword because that's right. gross. Well, <laughs> good job, guys. You you survived your first <laughs> enemy. All right, sweet. <laughs> so now, um. The little boy, he's like, he's not scared anymore. He looks super pumped. 
He's like pretty much jumping off the walls going, oh my god, I killed the goblin. Do you see that? It was so cool. It was awesome. Well, I didn't kill him, but I stabbed him. I helps. I weakened up for you, right? And he's kind Can of like, I backhand him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> roll, make an attack roll. <laughs> 15. All right, you slap the shit out of him. Yeah. He kind of like goes, he goes ow, that, that hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get carried away again? Sometimes I do this thing where I get really excited, you know? I'm sorry. I just really like being adventurers. You know, I really want to be adventurer. As I just, oh, Wes, sorry, what? Oh, I, I was gonna say I just I kind of put my hand on the kid's shoulder and just like as a reassuring, trying to calm him down type deal and ask him, you know, like it's it's normal to be excited after yeah. a fight like that, but you need to calm down and tell us what your name is so we can get you back home. <laughs> he, he takes a big breath. He goes, "Okay, all right. My therapist told me to do this." Okay. He takes a big deep breath. He goes, all right, I'm good now. My name's Dylan Bailey. I live in Applevine. It's not that far from here. It's a really cool place. What are your guys' names? And since I was talking to him, I respond yeah. and let him know that my name is, my name is Rowland Diamonddew. Rowland Diamonddew. It kind of looks at you, Sage. He's seen elves before. He's seen other humans, obviously. But he's never seen a dragonborn. So he kind of looks at you, Sage, now, and I think it's kind of clicked in him now that you're pretty badass. And he goes, oh, um, hi. Uh, what, 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 what's your name? I am Sage. I am a very large dragonborn who well, I... you do not want to piss off. Buddy. Oh, I'll, I'll try. I'll write that right down. And he writes in big letters on his paper, do not piss off Sage. <laughs> and he kind of turns to you and goes, hey, I really like your flute. Um... Apparently the food lady didn't, but what's your name? Surely you know me, young man. I'm the famous flautist. Melino. Melino? You've heard of me, right? Uh, let me yeah? let me make a history check and find out. <laughs> nope, no idea. <laughs> uh. All right. So as you're kind of talking to Dylan, you can you kind of get to know him. He's not, well, you can make your own opinion, but he doesn't, he's not as much of an idiot as he comes off to be. He seems to kind of have a little bit of knowledge about um, adventuring and goblins and just law enforcement in general. But as you're talking to him, the train stops. And you kind of hear what sounds like sirens outside. And the train trees to a halt. And you're like, wee woo, wee woo. And then up next to the train, you see all these horses. And they have sirens on them. And they, <laughs> a voice outside kind of yells, You three, come out with your hands up, please. And you hear Dylan go, Oh no, the fuzz! <laughs> and then the voice outside goes, Oh, make that four. I guess I just look around the cart and see what Sage is going to do. Because I know in my head that he's bigger than me and will likely be hit first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they will see him as a threat. Can I tell the cops that the elf did it? Sure. <laughs> so the elf did it. So you do that? <laughs> yeah. And can I kick? I want to kick the one goblin's head out of the uh, out of the train. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can let's say the door that was open. Um, you can kind of see from your compartment door. So, are you looking out the door right now? 
Uh, if the cops are out there, yes. All right. So you're looking out the door. You see, uh, roll a perception check. Let's see how much you see. I see nothing. Uh, <laughs> perception, you said? Yep. Uh, 19 plus one. All right. Uh, you see a lot. Uh, there's a bunch of horses outside. Each one with a, like, pretty dapper looking, mostly human. Uh, some looks like more like elves. There's a dwarf. But one thing you notice about them, their weapons are not drawn. At all. But in the middle of all that, there's one guy. His hands are kind of behind his back, and he looks calm, but he's the one doing the talking. Dylan goes, hey, Dad! And runs out the train and gives that guy a big hug. I I walk out after Dylan with my hands up like they requested. Okay. What are, what are the rest of you guys doing? I'm going to follow... I'm going to follow the elf. Okay. I'm going to pick up one of the bodies and use it as a shield. Okay. All right, so you're outside the train now. Uh, now that you're outside the train, you can kind of see... Uh, there's probably about, let's say, four cops on horses. Plus the one on the... Uh, who you now know is Dylan's dad, who comes up to you guys. Uh, who left first? Rowan, you said you left first? Uh, yeah, I left right. first. <laughs> so he goes up to you first and goes... I heard there was some ruckus on the train. Uh, I say yes, and I turn point toward the body that Sage is holding and say, these guys attacked us, and we were defending uh, ourselves and your son in in our carriage. He kind of looks down at Dylan and goes, Dylan, you were on this train? And Dylan goes, yeah, but it was really cool. I got to see all these ventures, and uh-oh. <laughs> and then the dad says, were you on an adventure? What did I tell you about adventuring? And then Dylan goes, adventuring never got you anywhere. And he kind of puts his head down in shame. So he Can goes I tell his guys, father that I'm going to write a song about Dylan's bravery? Do you want to actually say that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Was, he was very brave on that train. Was he brave? Dylan? Uh, he kind of looks in disbelief. Absolutely. Dylan brave? Huh. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Dylan, run along. Let the men talk. And Dylan kind of like begrudgingly starts to walk away. He turns, he goes, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I heard there's commotion on the train. There's been a lot of issues lately. I came to arrest you guys, but, I mean, you saved my son. It might be a pain in the ass, but he's my son. And he kind of puts out a hand out to you, uh, AJ, because you were right there. He goes, I'm Captain Bailey. I'm uh, the leader of the police force here at Applevine. I'm sorry we got off the wrong foot. Uh, are you are you hurt? Is can I help you with anything? You saved my son. Like I feel like I owe you something. Um, I I reach out and shake his hand and say, uh, "Is it, you know, no problem." Um, we we were glad that nothing happened to your son. Well, at least I am. I can't speak for these two because I don't know them. And then uh, I do mention that Sage was injured in the fight, and you know, if there's anything you can do for him, he may appreciate it. But again, I can't speak for the group. Cause I don't know them, but and then I just kind of shut up because I'm just gonna start rambling. Yeah, you see, he's like starting to not pay attention anymore as you go on because he's so distracted by the nine foot tall dragon holding a dead goblin. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, he goes up to you, Sage, and goes, uh, Excuse me, uh, can I see that? Any motions to the goblin? I would hand the goblin the goblin to the man 
he's not as strong as you thought, so it kind of falls on him. But he was like, oh, oh, okay, I got it. And he stabilizes it. He looks at it and he goes, oh, shit. Oh, no, this is this is bad. This is really bad. You you guys better come with me. And he kind of, he drops the goblin and kind of like motions you guys to follow him. And he starts walking I, back towards town. W- wait a second. Who, who is this? What What is the big deal here? Uh, I, I'll tell you. We'll have to be... There could be more coming. We'll have to... Please, let's go to my office. We need to... We can talk about this in private. You three are adventurers, right? Maybe. Okay, well... Uh, let's, let's just say I have a job. And he still motions you back to his... Uh, to, towards town. And now you can see there's like... A small town. There's about... Kind of wooden fence that goes around. It's not the big city of Gettysburg that you were trying to go to before, but it's it's a pretty quaint town. Well, I guess there's coin to be made. Uh, when he says uh, he has a job, my elven ears visibly perk up, and I, I look more interested, and just start to walk in his general direction. Alright. I'm going to push JT in front of me because I can <laughs> see that he is very hesitant. Right. And I'm going to sing a song about the brave, brave dragon who has to use a little human as a shield. <laughs> All right, so he was a goblin. Along. Thank you, Dick. <laughs> All right, so we're all singing along. Um, all right, so you get into the town, and uh, you see it's... It, it looks like a town you would see in, like, Skyrim or something. It's not huge, no sprawling sk- cityscapes, but, like, some nice buildings. Uh, but you go up to the... It looks like it'd be the strongest building. It's made of stone bricks, and there's a little hut next to it that has some barred windows on it that you get into it as a jail. And he kind of pushes you in there. And there's a big sign that says Applevine Police Department. No crimes. It has like a no crimes for X amount of days, and it has three on there. I'm going to reset that when I walk past it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Why don't you... Make a sleight of hand check on that, Sage. This, there should be a sleight of hand thing. It's under dexterity. Okay, so I'm supposed to roll on that one. Yeah, roll a d20, and then this is to see if anyone notices that you're changing the... I'm going to have Brendan roll... Or, sorry, Cap, you don't know his name is Brendan yet, but his name is Brendan. <laughs> I'm going to have Captain Bailey roll a perception check. He's in front of you, so I'm going to have him roll disadvantage, but that has to beat your nine. He has no idea. You, <laughs> what do you change it to, Sage? I'm going to change it to zero right. because of the yep. attack we just had on the All right, so you change it to zero. So you get into his office, and it looks like hey, it's a police office. There's kind of, you know... He's at his desk with three chairs in front of it conveniently. And there's, you kind of look around the room. You see a picture of Dylan. Um, picture of Brendan, you know, arresting some hooligans. Uh, some other things. Um, not much of interest else in the room, though. Which you find a little weird, I would imagine. Because he's the captain of a police force with no, like, knickknacks or anything in his office. Uh, but he motions to the three chairs and goes, sit down, guys, please. Uh, I I go lean up against the wall and I try and look um, while I'm in there. I try and use my perception to see if there's anything else that you know might might not be obvious. Okay. 
Uh, so you're rolling a perception check? I have plus five in perception. Okay, so you roll a ten. You notice there's there's a sword hanging above his desk, kind of like behind where he would sit. Uh, it's a pretty large sword. I continue to lean against the wall. All right. I'm going to grab a seat and put my feet up on his desk. Okay, he, he looks very uncomfortable when you do that. But he doesn't say anything. <laughs> say, hey, Brendan, <laughs> tell me about that sword. Oh, uh, please, I'll, I'll tell you all about the sword later. Uh, I, I have business to discuss right now. Ask Sage if he wants to see hear about the sword. Uh, but you gave me off track. <laughs> please, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm... I really need to tell you about this. There's been a lot of issues. Please, you need to tell me. You need to help me here. Yeah, I guess look interested in what he has to say. All right. So listen, there's been... The past couple of years, it's been the town of Applevine, where it's a very peaceful society. We accept everyone. We have a... You know, we have... A, it's a free, free city. There's no slaves here. It's a pretty, you know, relaxed place. And my job is to kind of just keep, keep the peace. And I do a pretty good job at that. But, uh, lately, stuff's been changing. A couple months ago, this band of goblins moved in, uh, about a mile away. And, uh, they're head, they're led by this guy, Morian Tharamark. He's scary. He's really scary. He gets, like, shivering. He kind of acts a lot like Dylan when he gets scared. They've come in here. They've, uh, They've captured our people and made them slaves. And then they just, they're slavers. They're really, we don't like those kind here. They're, they're mean. And slavery's not right, right? You gotta look no. to you guys and be like, is, is that right? Like, I don't know. No, it's fucking horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna pull the slave out of my backpack and set him free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll, I'll let that slide. That's canon now. <laughs> so a little slave just runs out. Um, yeah, yeah, slavery's terrible. Uh, hold on. Oh, actually, he noticed that. <laughs> but he's like, oh, yeah, look. Yeah, good. Yeah, be free. <laughs> but he says, um, the two goblins you attacked on the train, uh, they were Theramark's guys. He must have sent them to, to just cause ruckus on the train. Maybe looking for some new slaves, but you sure showed them what's what, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I just kind of nod. Yeah. Silent. Okay. I decapitated one. Of course I did. Oh, oh you decapitated one. That'll be good. Um, yeah. We, uh, it's a good thing you kicked that head of the train because we can send that to the Theramark and you know, make a real message to him. But, uh, How about we kill some more? <laughs> well, ooh, that's actually where I was going, Mr. Molino. I have a job for you. We, we here at the police academy have been trying to get some people to invade Theramark's uh, camp. But people here are too weak, and they're not... They don't have the courage and bravery required to do such a task. Do you guys have it? So, do I get a badge? Am I a deputy? Um, shake my head. You, you can be deputies, sure. Cool. He kind of reaches. In. He kind of reaches the desk and pulls out three badges, but one of them, one of them is, one of them is like silver and looks metal. One is definitely made of paper and looked hand drawn, and the other is literally just like, it looked like a label to some bottle. 
I uh, I quickly grab all three and give the metal one to Sage because oh, he scares me. Whoa! Oh. And whoa, I give one to Molino because Molino and I I take the one that looks like it's made out of part of a bottle. Oh well, well that was that was thanks thanks I guess that was a uh, that's my my job's done. Well, um, <laughs> listen. So the problem with Theramark's gang is that they they're very active at night. And it's, let's say it's about 4.30 p.m. now. So it's in the evening. Because, so I can't send the mission out now. It's, they're going to be too awake and too alert. We have to go during the day. So you guys are welcome to stay here in Applevine tonight. Uh, the inn, the eagle's nest, is very great. Uh, you know, if you guys want to stay here tonight, I, I can pull some strings. You guys can get some free lodging at the inn tonight if you wish. Can we get some guards, too? Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. We'll get you some guards. Those goblins probably can come back for you. You decapitated one, and then shoved the spear through the other one. So, yeah, I think we'll get some guards. <laughs> so, uh, are you going to stay at the Eagle's Nest tonight? Yeah, no. let's play. All right, cool. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, pull, I'll go uh, make a call. He goes out to, there's a window by on the right wall. He kind of opens it and goes, Yo, Adrian! And you hear someone far off go, Yeah? I got three guys who are going to stay there tonight. Is that cool? Captain Bailey turns back and goes, <laughs> Yeah, that's all set. When you go I there, think... I recommend the steak. It's really good. I want to ask him about the sword again. Okay, all right. Since the, sword. the business is all sorted. All right, okay, fine. I'll tell you about the sword. He kind of reaches down from the sword, and he's kind of like, he does like a little swing of it. It's what well, you know it's about that. It's a nice sword, super shiny. It's about the length of his arm, so pretty big. And he goes, "This is my uh, this is my father's sword. He he helped found Applevine. It was, you know, it was such a wild patch out here, with slavers fighting other slavers and slaves trying to get back get to free states. It was it was crazy around here. And look, he kind of shows you the sword, and on it." You see the uh, name Brendan Bailey engraved on it. And underneath it, it says Dylan Bailey. And he goes, one day this is going to be Dylan's. But I, I don't want to be an adventurer. It's, you guys know, that it's, a ter- it's a hard life. Can I convince him to give me the sword by saying that it's going to help us get rid of the slavers and maybe Dylan will reconsider being an adventurer? Uh, as, as he's saying this, I punch him in the shoulder. Who? <laughs> Molino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you punch my shoulder. You, I'm the, While you know, all I'm... of this is going on, I'm going to tie a 30 weight to the handle of my katana and hand it to the sheriff. You tie, so you tie a weight to the katana? Yes. Okay. Uh, he, he, like, he kind of drops it, but he is able to hold on to it. Was there any reason for that, or you just wanted to hold it? Just to show <laughs> off. Oh. Oh. <laughs> He goes, oh, whoa, you're, you're a big boy, aren't you? So that's a no on the sword, then. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're all if you're all done here, then... Uh, yeah, you, I'm done. You guys you done? This? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, all right. I, I tell him that, yes, uh, I'm ready to go see the inn. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's right, right down the street. I'm yeah. going to carry JT to the bar. <laughs> okay. So Hell you, yeah. So you carry your sober friend into the bar. 
Yes. Uh, all right. Makes sense. So, uh, you leave the sheriff's office and you see, um, it looks a lot like Moe's Tavern from The Simpsons, except instead of Moe's on the side, it says Eagle's Nest. And there's this big painting of an eagle kind of with a beer in his hand. So, it's not very crowded in there right now. Um, you see uh, the barkeep behind the thing who you guys walk in and goes, hey, you must be the three uh, newcomers, right? I did kind of wave at him and say, yeah, <laughs> introduce great. myself, you know. Great. Drinks are on Captain Bailey over there. He's a great guy. Uh-huh. So as you're, why do you, the three of you make perception checks again to kind of see what's, what you can see in the bar? I got a 16. Right, 16. I got a 14. 16, 14. I got a four. You got a four. So Sage, <laughs> there is like apple juice all around and some... <laughs> Some very friendly looking people all over the place. The rest of you, you notice that there's a lot of beer and some not so friendly looking people around. On one table, there is a, there are three people at one table. Uh, there are two dwarves and one elf. Uh, the dwarves are both males and the elf is a female. Kinda are there any open seats at that table? There's one, I'm open, going. there's one open seat at that table. On the other side of the bar, there's one very scared-looking elven woman who looks terrified. She's drinking alone with a sh- kind of shaky hand on the glass. I um, kind of point, like, I, I tap JT, and I, I point over to the, the very terrified woman, and I say, you're the charismatic one. Go find out what's wrong with her. <laughs> oh, if I must. God. You elves. Why is it always an elf? Before JT goes, I am going to take his beer away and hand him one of the apple juices that I found. <laughs> All right. These Buzz Killingtons, I'm telling you. Uh, so I, can I, I'm going to approach the uh, scared woman. Okay. Is she sitting down? Uh, is there a, is there a seat down, near her? She's sitting down. Her back is pretty much at the corner. Um, there are three open. There's a bunch of circle tables with four chairs on each. Uh, let's say five open seats at the bar itself where the bartender, who you know is Anian, he's kind of like, you know, washing the glass, but he's very much looking at you guys. Um, so the, the, the female, is her back to the corner? Like, her, is she kind of... Per- cor- her back is to the corner, but she's looking directly at the entrance, so she sees you guys as soon as you come in. Okay. Can I sit beside her with my... with while still facing the door? Yes. She is going to scoot away as soon as you do that, though. Can I try to comfort her and say, I'm not, I'm not evil. I'm not going to hurt you. She doesn't respond at all. She just gets very nervous, very scared. Hmm. While this is going on, I, uh, I walk up to the bar and I use um, my criminal contact oh, yeah. to uh, you know, make some random hand emotion or something. At the bartender to let him know who I am, okay. and to like you know, confirm to him that I'm friendly, and I I start asking him about what's been happening in this town and like try and get more information about these goblins. Okay, so you make your hand motions and you like try signaling for your criminal contact. The bartender is not that contact. <laughs> this little dwarven Bummer. man pops out <laughs> behind the bar and goes. <laughs> And he just kind of goes up 
Hey. So this little dwarven man jumps up behind the bar and goes, Well, hey there, Alan. It's me, Billy, your criminal contact. I, I, I like quickly like try and shush just like smack him across the face to get him to shut up. <laughs> like, not so loud, jeez. Oh, sorry. I get excited. I don't meet a lot of friends here. But you know, no one Annie has not noticed this at all. He's too busy like very intently cleaning a glass. Discord is freaking out right now, <laughs> making a lot of noise. Um it's Yeah. You wanna to talk to him about um so with a criminal background as Rowan had one of his perks, he gets a criminal contact in every town he goes to, which lets him talk, kind of get information about the history of a town or kind of like clues as to where they should go next. Billy the Dwarf is your criminal contact here in Applevine, and he's very friendly, very outgoing. So what, <laughs> what do you want to ask Billy? I, I want to ask him specifically about uh, this um, I'm sorry, what was it? Morian, right? Theramark, yeah, the typical bad evil guy, or woman. <laughs> and I, I want to find out if he knows any, um, what the motivation is behind this guy attacking this town for, for slaves. Okay. Well, that's a funny question you asked there. So Morian, <laughs> oh, he's a bad one. He's a really bad one. He, uh, he came here a couple months ago. I think he just wants more slaves. He just started coming here, taking our women, our men, our children even, and he just started taking them. And they never seen again. Except for one. Only one escaped as far as we know. And I I I kinda like do a, a sneaky glance over my shoulder into the corner where the, the scared woman is sitting and I, I as if to ask, is that her? You got it! You solved my puzzle! <laughs> You're a smart one! <laughs> And then I, I just kind of, you know, thank him for his time and uh, wander over to where uh, Molino and this woman are sitting to uh, to let him know of the situation to see if he, if it helps him at all. All right, bye now. And he kind of goes, ducks, oh. he ducks behind the bar and like he's just not seen again. He's not behind the bar either. He disappeared. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you go over to uh, Molino while he's trying to. Are you still trying to talk to um, this yes, elf, elf woman? Yes, I'm still trying to talk to her. All right, it's not been successful, I can tell you that. <laughs> so after hearing the information from my elven friend, I decide to sing a song about how bad slavery is and see if that'll warm All right, her up. Uh, roll a per performance check. 21. Okay, she gets up and starts dancing. No, she... Um, <laughs> Do you throw the word uh, Morian in it at all? Yes. Okay. Um, as soon and, and the song is basically about killing him. Okay. So as soon as you mention his name, her eyes get super wide and she drops her glass. Um, and then when you start talking about killing him, she gets a little like... She tends to unstress a little bit. And she does some things with her hands and the glass that she dropped pops back up. And it's empty, but she fixed the glass. And she goes, "You, are you are you really gonna try killing him?" Uh, baby, you know it. Oh, <laughs> wow. I feel funny. No, she um, she's very. She goes, oh, "Okay, 
then she just kind of was, okay, I, I like that. Hi, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, it's been so long, I've, I think they're coming back for me. I heard there were some goblins here earlier, and uh, I'm so scared. Inform her that we, uh, that, that our, uh, giant dragon friend easily beheaded one of, uh, those goblins. She looks at, she looks at Sage and she just, she gets like, starts shaking again, but it's more like, I'm comfortable, but that's just a big ass guy type of scared. Yeah, I'm going to wave from across the bar. She gives a very, very faint wave back. (laughs) Just, okay, um. Listen, I, I, I'm gonna go to my room for a little bit. Um, it was, it was nice talking to you. And she kind of gets up and starts to leave. Can I ask if I can join her? She gives you (laughs) an even more terrified look than she did before and goes to her, back to her room. Damn it. There's kind of a hallway to the side and you hear a door slam. And then you hear like four locks locking. At, at this point, I just kind of shake my head again, and I, I walk up. I walk back to the bartender and ask him if I can have a, like a key to my room, and then I just go hang out in my room and okay. you know try and try and relax after the excitement okay. of today. Uh, so you're all sharing one room. There are three beds, but you're all sharing a room. So, Rallen, you go up there. Um, do any, any of you other guys want to go up there? No, I want to sit down with the uh, dwarves and the okay. elf chick. So go to the other room. So, Alan, I'm you going just... to stay downstairs and watch okay. JT intently. All right. So, Alan, you can go upstairs <laughs> if you'd like. Um, okay. I guess I'll be up soon. Uh, Molino, how are you failing at impressing the dwarf and the do- two dwarves and the elf? Uh, can I buy them a drink to uh, see if I can loosen their tongues and uh, try to get on their good side? All right. Uh, you buy them? What are you buying them? Um, apple juice. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll buy them all an apple juice, as recommended by my dragon friend. Okay. So you go to the, you go to Annie and you you say you want to buy apple juices. Yeah, I want to buy some apple juice. He goes, "This is the good stuff." And is it apple juice? He takes up he pulls up three pint glasses, a very very strong smelling apple juice. So let's. <laughs> I'm gonna take it over to the table and sit down and and say hello. You know what? I'm actually gonna have you do. How would this be? Let's say it's an athletics check to see if you can hold all three <laughs> glasses in one hand, oh, like God. together. So a d20. That's a twenty. All right, you masterfully. You do like cup stacking shit. To get them. <laughs> you are so good at balancing these. You bring them, and then you kind of, you kind of like throw them. They all perfectly land in front of their people. The the there's a male. One of the male dwarfs has a loot strapped around his back. And oh my god! A, another bard. He sees your. He goes, "Hey, thanks, man." And no problem, brother. He. As soon as you say brother, he sees the like the flute poking at your back. He goes, Aha! Another musician. You see, Hergie, they do exist. 
And he kind of nudges the other dwarf, who just goes, fucking bars. Can I ask him? Uh, I want to ask him if we can burn this mother down and do a jam session together. Oh, figuratively, of course, right? Because uh, fire is bad. Oh, yeah. We don't want to burn it down. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah, definitely. And he uh, takes a big swig of the apple juice and goes, oh, yeah. I'm going to close my lighter. <laughs> <laughs> So are you still like standing by the wall, just looking cool? Yes. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna pipe up and say, "Yo, Sage, check this out." All right, uh, roll another performance check. Every time you play your flute, you have to roll a performance check. And I'm gonna. <laughs> Every time you flout. Uh, for this time at least, because it'll be funny. That's a twenty-two. All right, you are like. You do like this blue so hocus pocus. You're just phenomenal. Uh, so Hergi, sorry, not Hergi, this male dwarven bard who you don't know his name, he is not very good at loot. And he kind of does a few chords, and then he is just blown away by your flute skills. And meanwhile, the other dwarf is just laughing his ass off. <laughs> and he goes, ha, tell you fucking bards. Although you, you. What's your name? Any emotions to you? Why, well, I'm Melino. Surely you've heard of me. And so the, the <laughs> Dwarven Bard kind of... Hold on. Oh, shit. Oh, actually, okay. So the, the Dwarven Bard abruptly stopped playing his loot. He goes, Molino? You're Molino? <laughs> of course. So he... Did, did the flute give it away? Yeah, it did, actually. So he... Uh, kind of lifts up his shirt a little bit and he, on his arm he has Molino tattooed. <laughs> goes, I followed I followed every one of your songs. He rolled a 20 on if he knew you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he, he is he is your biggest fan. Literally. So, so what, what can you tell me about this slaver guy? Oh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm such a high from, uh, Meeting my idol. I'm 60, by the way. 60 the Bard. 60? What kind of name is that? No, no. Sig Steve. 60. Oh. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, sir. And he gets, like, kind of back. You notice everyone in this town is kind of a wimp. Yeah. Tharamark, right? Tharamark. Yeah. Yes. He's a bad dude. Bad. Doesn't like music much. Doesn't like music much? No. He hates it. Yeah. He didn't like the song I wrote him, so uh, kind of on his hit list, so to speak. But uh, that's horrible. Yeah. You mm. know, I started talking to uh, that girl over there, who she's a sad case, isn't she? They yeah. What's her, her deal? They captured her two months ago. She came back one one month later. Never been the same. I don't know how she got out. No one does. No one wants to ask her. She hasn't spoken mm. to anyone. You're the first person to be able to speak to in, well, two months. The elf at the table, too, has been pretty quiet this whole time. But she kind of speaks up at this point. She's old. Old for an elf. So she's like, I don't know, probably 400. She's old. She's seen a lot of shit. <laughs> so she kind of... She takes a big heart swig of her apple juice and she says, listen, I've been around a long time. If you boys... thats I don't like that voice. Like a kind of wise old woman voice. Listen, 
I've been around a lot. That Thaumok guy, he's bad news. If you guys are going to go after him, I would, you might need some help. But, I don't know, maybe something will come out tomorrow. But, please, be careful. Can I ask her if she has any advice for us, we foolish adventurers? Just be sneaky. And remember, they're nocturnal. Ah, sneaky. So go during the day. You'll be okay, maybe. So as you're, as you're finishing up talking to this woman, um, Sixty and Hergie kind of get up. Like, well, uh, back to the work, back to the grind tomorrow. And like he plays one more chord on this lute, and just it, the stream breaks. It's not like, oh fuck. And they <laughs> they leave the they leave the bar. Let's say, let's say you spend a long time there. Let's say it's around 10 p.m. then. No, I'm beat. Let's go to sleep. All right. So I'm gonna head up. All right, you go up. Sage, are you up? Yes, I am. All right. I'm going to race JT back to the bed. That way I can jump into his bed and motion him to the same bed. All right, uh, both of you make uh, athletics checks. <laughs> Let's see who wins this race. I got a three. Ten. Okay, uh, yeah, you just, you like push J, uh, Molino aside and jump in the bed first. This is going to be considered a long rest. And during a long rest, um, you gain, it takes about eight hours, and you gain all your hit points back. And if you use any spell slots, oh, I keep bumping the mic, sorry. I gain, you gain all your spell slots back if you use any, all your hit points back, and you pretty much wake up feeling refreshed. Let's a couple hours go by. And at around, so, oh yeah, actually, so AJ, you're up for this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a knock on the door. I, uh, I kind of look around, and uh, I see the other two still sleeping, and I just kind of Let me actually see. walk Let's over see to the they, door. Let's see if they wake up. Uh, Molino, you stir a little bit when this knock happens. Mm. It's kind of like that. You don't fully wake up, but you're, Sage, you're out completely. Um, so AJ, you go to the door? Yeah, I, I put my ear against the door and try and see if I hear anything. You hear nervous breathing. Um, I draw my short sword. Only one of them. Okay. And then I throw open the door and, like, hold my sword up to whoever is outside. Do you hear a shriek because the elven woman... I quickly put my sword away and... at this and point, Malia, you're awake now. Like, that scream woke you up. Sage, you... You're still out. <laughs> I'm rolling perception checks for you guys. That's what, in case you're wondering. Um, yes. So, Lena, you kind of, like, dart up. And you see... Well, you, you see Rowan with a sword out, and the elf woman um, at the door. Say, what in the hell is going on here? How do, how do you respond, Rallon? You've just been caught holding a sword at a terrified woman. Um, I tell him the truth, okay. and I say, I, I, heard, uh, I heard a knock at the door, and was nervous about what the uh, police chief said earlier, so I, I just made sure I was prepared. Uh, the woman is, like, now extremely hyperventilating. She has, like, her hand up against the wall. Just, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I have my sword put away now, and I, like, I kind of put my hand on her back and just, like, guide her to a chair that's in her room and, like, you get letch. her Letcher. <laughs> okay, she, uh, after a couple minutes, she calms down. She goes, I'm, 
I'm sorry for startling you. I just... I thought about what you said. You guys said at the end. Sage, you're awake now. <laughs> uh, so she takes a moment and goes, listen, I need to tell you, you got a pretty good idea of what I have, what my story before, but uh, my name's Verondor, and I'm the only one that was able to escape from that slave camp. Um, I heard you were planning on killing him, and I have to ask you a favor. When you do, can you make sure the others get out? I ask her about what others. There's, there's more. There's more slaves. My Are family. they elves? Some of them, yes. Why? Now, I'm not going to make any guarantees, but... She does not find that funny at all. <laughs> she is actually super offended by it. What? They're, they're my family. I... I gotta tell you something. There's... There's another way in the compound. When you were, I, when you were talking to Captain Bailey before, he kind of showed you a map of the area and kind of put an X as to where the compound is. And she says, "There's there's another way in. There's a secret trap door under one of the cupboards in the kitchen. That's how I that's how I got out. And that's how, maybe you can use that to get in. The kitchen of the inn." No, of the kitchen of the compound. Sorry, oh, I should have oh. been more clear. <laughs> but so she she pulls out a, a very crudely drawn map of her own, and she says, "Look, here's the compound," and she shows it, and she kind of does some dots. About six hundred feet here, and that draws another X. This little cave that might be your best way in. The gates, even though they're nocturnal, the gates guarded um, by some sleepy guards. And there's an alarm and stuff. It's it's dangerous. I can tell you that much. I wasn't able to tell anyone before I escaped. I was so selfish. And she starts crying. Ask her why she's telling us. Uh, between, why now? Between tears, she says, um, because you guys are the closest ones I think of that can stop him. He's a monster. Have you seen Sage? He's a monster. She actually she found that one funny. <laughs> she kind of I, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, you, guys, you guys seem like good people. And I really do trust that you're going to do uh, what's right here. All I ask is just whatever you have to do, please make sure the others get out. Like I said, no I, promises. I, um, I assure her that we will do our best to get everyone out. Somebody has to be diplomatic in this group, and it's clearly not the bard. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I ask her if she knows anything about the layout of the inside of this place, or uh, like what she remembers. Oh, I know it perfectly. And like the map she had drawn, she turns a page, and it's just a map of the entire compound. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> she had I ask if we can have it. <laughs> yep, she gives it to you. She gives it to you specifically, Rowan. Because right. you seem to be the most right. trustful, <laughs> trustful person of this bunch. So she kind of goes, all right, you guys, you, thank you. You're, you 
give me hope for the first time in a long time. And she kind of does a little hair twirl and then leaves. Oh, man. Didn't even get release. The hair twirl is definitely directed towards Rowland. Ah. Uh. Give me. <laughs> All right. So, you guys going back to bed? I'm going back to bed. I, I go back to reading my newspaper. Yeah, you go back to meditating. I'm going to go back to bed as well. All right. So, it's the morning. And you all wake up, and you feel all good. Uh, Sage, your wound has healed perfectly. Uh, you feel great? Oh, bye. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you just, you feel great. There's not much else to say it. Uh, so you all get up, and... What do you want to do? I find a breakfast. All right, you go down to the inn, and uh, Anion has like a breakfast, continental breakfast laid out. Sweet. I make some eggs and waffles. <laughs> oh, he! What? As, as soon as you pick up the waffles, he like he gives like a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> Good choice, man. Waffles, awesome, awesome. Love you. Good job. I'm making waffles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making waffles. No. I'm going to go get a big plate of fruit. Okay. Because you are one. Oh. <laughs> you like edited the air horn there. Can I, can I slap the plate out of uh, uh, out of Rowland's hand? <laughs> sure. Nobody's going to get an attack of opportunity on you. <laughs> wow. Wait, hold on. I would like to make a dexterity check to try and catch all my food like okay. Spider-Man did. Yeah, make a dexterity check. I rolled a 12. You I beat you. You catch almost all of it. I drop like one egg. Yeah, you drop, you drop an egg. <laughs> Call me a fruit again, man. <laughs> I technically never called you that. <laughs> all right. So, as you're going down there, uh, so you're eating breakfast. Sage, are you with them? Yep. I'm just going to load up on all the proteins. All right. Eggs that so I like a big bacon egg thing. Bacon egg sausage. All right, sweet. Ham. So you do that, and um, uh, as you're eating, Captain Bailey comes in and goes, "So, uh, how do you guys sleep? You have a good night here at the inn." Oh yeah, I, it was uh, wonderful. Give me your sword. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I let him know about our uh, our late night visit from the lady in the corner. Verondor talked? She's very, he's very, uh, taken aback by it. Verondor, of all people, she, she talked? She hasn't spoken in months. You guys are <laughs> damn good. And he kind of, like, <laughs> bows a little bit to you. So, there's a secret way in. I had no idea. That, that yeah. makes so much sense. That's how she got out. Well. And I came up with a plan to get in. Oh, you did, Melina, all by yourself? All me. Whoa. So, Rallin, why don't you tell them this wonderful, uh, wonderful plan that I came up with? So, I, I just kind of sigh and shake my head, and I, I pull out the map that she drawn for us, and I let him know not exactly where the secret entrance is, because he, he mentioned the secret entrance before we even told him that we knew about a secret entrance, yeah. and, um, I, uh, I kind of say she, she let us know about this entrance, so I'm wondering if at like a specific time sometime tonight you and maybe some of your men can go distract the guards at the front entrance 
and while we get in through the back. Well, remember they're nocturnal. They're uh, they're more active at night. It'd be better if we could uh, you know, go in during the day where they're not as active. Yeah, we we need to go at high noon. Yeah. High noon, yeah, do. So, let's say it's about nine a.m. right now, and Brett, Captain Bailey told you that it's about a 25-minute walk to get to the compound. So if you want to do, if you want to have your high noon standoff, you have to leave at about 11.25. To give you some time to, like, you know, traffic and stuff. I'm going to sit... I'm going to sit outside the inn and uh, play my flute. Okay. Uh, roll another performance check. Yeah. 18. All right. Um, so you're just kind of outside the inn. So you're, you're outside the inn, you're playing flute. It's, it's pretty dope. You're pretty good. Um, one guy kind of goes, nice, and gives you a thumbs up. And uh, another, this like child kind of runs up to you and puts a, hands you a silver piece. So you have one silver piece now. Yes. <laughs> and then you hear some drunk guy from the inn go, free bird! Let's, let's fast forward a little bit then. So you're at, outside the inn. Uh, Captain Bailey comes up to you guys. And he says, uh, all right, guys, here's the deal. He point, points to two soldiers. They're wearing like full armor. You can't really see their faces. Um, and he says, these are my, my men. I'll take go with them to the front. We'll uh, we'll start the distraction as you want. We'll uh, we'll take out a couple of them. It'll be it'll be good fun. Uh, <laughs> well, and then hopefully by the time we get there, uh, you guys can sneak in and uh, wreck some shit. Right, <laughs> so he's gonna go. Him and his uh, colleagues, they start walking because they're gonna go ahead of you, and then you guys are going a little bit to the east. Let's say Captain Bailey kind of corrected the map and stuff that uh, Brother did wrong. So you're on your way. You're about five minutes out of town, and Sage, as you're walking, you hear some uh, some noise behind you. I am going to unsheath my katana while I walk down the road falling behind. Okay. Uh, you hear kind of like a rustling in the grass. And it's, just, it's getting louder. I'm going to alert Molino about the strange noise and tell him to keep a little closer just in case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the noise stops. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell our ranger friend that something was back there. Okay. <laughs> Should we I, investigate? Uh, what is what is the um, surrounding area like? Are we it's, like walking through, through, the grass and stuff? through the woods? Through the woods. Through the woods. Okay. I kind of uh, I kind of like split away from them. Okay. Like 15 feet and the, go. Let's say the sound is coming from behind you to the right. To our right. Yeah. Okay, so if we are walking forward, I I go to the right as well, about fifteen feet into the woods, and kind of just hide. Okay. And as as he's doing that, I'd like to play some music so that uh, to mask his sounds. Okay. As a distraction. All right. Uh, as you're playing the music, the rustling noise starts coming up, and staying closer to you, Molino. 
good. I'm going to try to flank to the left and walk back a few feet. Okay. Um, the noise is getting... It's in one spot now. And um, let's say it's about five feet away from... There's like... So, Melino, you're kind of in a clearing path, and there's some trees and bushes. And from that... Uh, that's kind of where the sound is happening. It's in this big bush right there. And I shout, who goes there? Yes, you can. Stop Stop playing and shout, who goes there? From the bushes, you hear, oh no, they caught me. God damn and it, Dylan. Out, out pops Dylan Bailey. I come out of the woods and sheathe my arrow that I had knocked in the bow. And I, I like just shake my head again as I walk up to Dylan. And I kind of... I kind of like cuff him upside the back of the head. Ow! <laughs> that wasn't very nice. I asked him, "What the hell are you doing out here?" Well, you guys are on adventure, right? I I say, "Oh, we're not on an adventure." <laughs> you're not, but you're out in the middle of the woods with all your weapons. That seems like an adventure to me. I am a bad liar, so apparently he's all three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, um, well, so he reached into his bag and takes out a book called Adventuring for Dummies. And he's like, flipping through and goes, look, right there. And it says right there, adventurers go through the woods with their weapons drawn. I'm like, that's what you guys are doing, right? Wait a I minute. I want to slap the book out of his hand. Oh, that wasn't very, oh, that's my only copy. And tell him <laughs> to stop following us. But, but listen, you don't understand. I, I want to be an adventurer like you. Can I, I tell him if he wants to be an adventurer, go get that sword from your dad and <laughs> give it to me. You mean Grandpapa's sword? Sword? Yes, I want it. The one that my the one that dad says he put my name on by accident? Yes, I want it. Oh. Well, I don't think my dad will like that like that very much. I don't care. He but... is running a distraction right now. It is your perfect opportunity to go steal me that sword. I look at Sage, and I, I kind of, like, tap him on the breastplate, and I'm like, there's enough room in your pack for a small-sized humanoid, right? Yeah, I can fit. <laughs> and I'm hoping that Sage gets what I'm inferring. Saves you. Uh, I'll roll for you. <laughs> yeah, you get it. <laughs> yes, there is. And I'm sure once I remove the slaves, there will be perfect room. <laughs> Wait, what was that last part? <laughs> Nothing at all. Okay. So he kind of, um, he's like, but listen, guys, like, I can be helpful. You saw me stab that goblin. He's like, kind of pretending to stab. You saw me stab right in the chest. It was, I was awesome. <laughs> can I just say, whatever, keep your head down. Yeah. And this was not Ooh. our idea. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah, so what am I going to do? Am I like, marching with you guys? Am I going to like ride in the back like King Gru? Or No, what's you're going to get in the slave bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is, is that like some kind of a like fashion statement? that you know, No, like, it's a gonna... fun ride. Oh, well, I'm a little uneasy, but okay, where get is the slave bag. bag? Sage, put him in the bag. I, um, before, before Sage puts him in the bag, I, uh, I pull some of the rope off of my my explorer's pack and kind of just bind him and oh, make like wow. a Whoa. 
thing um, to something to keep his mouth shut so we can't oh. talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I pull it down so we can finish his sentence. <laughs> wow, gee, thanks guys for letting me come. It's been such a great experience. I'm so happy Good to be back. here. <laughs> okay. Good night, Dylan. So do you, do you put him in the sleigh bag? Yes. Alright, so Sage, you pick him up and just throw him in your backpack. And as you do that, like this little uh type one child just kinda jumps out and runs into the woods. Yay! <laughs> uh alright, so now Dylan is now part of your party, whether you like it or not. Um and so as you're walking, you hear you occasionally hear like a song sing Michael singing coming out of the bag. <laughs> Uh, I don't need anything in this bag, so can I ditch this one in the river? <laughs> he hears you say that, and like he gets very uh, uncomfortable. The singing is very good for being muffled. Um, so, all right. So you're walking. The sun is now directly above you, and you reach a cave. You immediately see a problem with this cave. It is there's a height is about four feet, and the, it's about three feet wide. So do we get to lube the dragon? Oh, do you have anything to lube a dragon with? Uh, I mean, I, I can not. pee on him. <laughs> <laughs> you hear uh, muffled sounds from the backpack. Maybe we should see if Dylan can do something for us here. You're like excited, like he's still clapping even though his hands are bound. Hey Sage, can you get Dylan out of the bag? I remove him from the bag, his and I'm gonna unbind him. him. Is he still gagged? No. Wow! Gee, what an adventure! I'm sure excited. I have to pee, though. But how are you guys doing? Okay, Dylan, <laughs> chill. Okay, I'm chilling. Go go take a leak in the woods over there. Okay, he does. He's gone for like five seconds comes back. Okay. Can go into that him. cave and see if there's any way that we can bring our dragon friend in here. Okay. He, uh, I'm going to... Prove, prove your bravery. In relative terms to me, mm -hmm. how big is Molino? Uh, how tall did you say you were? When you say like six what, feet? Five six. Oh, five six. Yeah. Um, okay. You both, the two of you, could probably squeeze in um, with a high yeah. athletics check. Sage, you're not gonna fit. Ooh, can I use uh, a magic here? Is, is yeah. it dark? Wait, is the cave uh, dark? Yeah, it's dark. So, can I use fairy fire to uh, yeah, illuminate what is, things? What does that do again? Uh, each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. Okay. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in a light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. For the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Okay. Any any attack roll, blah, blah, blah. What's the range on that spell? 20-foot cube. Uh, what's the casting range, though? Oh, 60 feet. Okay. So you can cast that pretty far deep into the cave if you'd like. You can see that it's a pretty straight shot with a kind of a slow turn as you go through. Um, so you want to cast it deep or like right in this entrance? I kind of want to cast it deep. Okay. Uh, I make a suggestion to Molino. Tell him to cast it on a rock and then throw the rock into the okay. cave. <laughs> so wait, uh, I'm actually going to wreck him a little bit. Dylan runs into the cave like pretty much as soon as you tell him to play him. And then AJ, you're following him. Okay. All right, so you need to make an athletics check, because Dylan just squeezes in no problem. He's tiny. Uh, and that would be uh, the... I'm, I'm, like, moving my computer mouse yeah. when my 
continued on my laptop. Plus your athletics modifier. All right, hold on. Let me pull up my athletic modifier. Okay, did she? Would that be acrobatics or is uh, that no? Um... Acrobatics a little different. Athletics is what you'd be using here. Oh, okay. So this is plus two. I got a twenty. All right, yeah. So you squeeze in no problem. Uh, so you and Dylan are hanging out here, and then uh, Molino, you're casting fairy fire. Yes. Right. I have to. Roll. You're gonna have to roll Again. one too to see if you become blue. All right. I'm rolling a d20, right? Yeah. And would my saving throw be dexterity? dexterity. So that's a plus four. I roll an eight. Right. So both Dylan and Rowan are like super blue right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you guys get in, and he. So you're both kind of in there, and. You're hanging on the cave. Dylan goes, Wow, I'm Lou. This is neat. He's not very stealthy. <laughs> uh, but Dylan goes, Wait, guys, I have an idea. Uh, if you, you, you don't seem to like me very much, but, but please, trust me on this. So he kind of goes up to his, uh, he kind of puts his hands up like this, and is just, he's quiet for a moment. As he does this, um, a few things happen. The earth starts shaking a little bit. Just a little bit. And he's like, oh boy, it's working. And right at the entrance is where it's shaking the most. And the kind of the cave wall there has cracked a little bit. And it's enough that it's not solid rock anymore. There's a pretty big crack in it. And he goes, whoa, cool. <laughs> Dylan, what the hell was that? Oh, that? That was that was thaumaturgy. What? <laughs> it's a cantrip. Can you teach me? That's awesome. Yeah. You're starting to learn now that Dylan is a cleric in training. Clerics are wizards that can or they're priests that use divine power. Um so Dylan is thaumaturgy is a cleric cantrip where he can do um he can make his voice boom louder, he can cause flames to flicker, he can cause harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. That can affect things like rock slides, which is what he did there. Uh, or he can basically throw his voice and then slam doors. It's not a like control spell, but it does help in occasions. And he goes, well, yeah, um, yeah, I'm a cleric. If I want to be one day, maybe I could join your party. And he kind of like looks up at you guys. Or I guess looks up at you, Rowan, because you're the only one in there. I, I... Tell him that we'll talk about it when we get out of the cave. Oh, good idea. Well, come on now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna nudge Sage and see if he can't uh, try to punch punch the rocks to try to make it bigger to get in. Okay. I'm going to take the small dagger from the boy, punch it into the rock, and then chip away okay. until I can punch um, let's see. a hole. Make a. Make an attack roll on this, on this wall. Okay, give me one second. Eleven. All right, so you're making some damage. Um, it takes you a while to get through the wall. Eventually, though, uh, you do. Um, you get through it. Out from the other side too. Uh, Dylan is is kind of helping, not doing too much. He kind of he does the thaumaturgy cantrip again, makes a little tremor, which kind of gets the loose rocks off. Um, so eventually, you guys can get in, and 
So you're out in the cave. Go down the cave and uh, Pixel, how long does Fairy Fire last? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, concentration up to one minute. Okay. It's been a minute. You're walking down the cave now. Sage, you have to like really hunch over. It's a pretty narrow cave. But you're in. You hear some commotion above. And you recognize one of the voices as Captain Bailey. And you can intuit that the distraction has happened. And you hear uh, you hear Captain Bailey say something like, Hey, you goblin fucktards! Come get me! <laughs> and you hear kind of a sleepy voice go, What? what? Oh, shit. Let's go. <laughs> and like, you, you hear a gong. Um, you can't see anything, but you hear the gong. This is like happening above you. As like what's that happening, kind of dirt drops down. So eventually you get to the, um, there's like a very crude ladder that leading up right here to this, uh, it just all looks like just kind of this bump in the floor. I climbed the ladder. <laughs> so you climb the ladder. I'm um, assuming when you get up to the top, you push it open. Yeah. All right. It does require a bit of force. But it does open up, and it is super dark up there. Okay. But you can make out... Uh, hold on. Yeah, you can make out this little sliver of light underneath the door. You can tell that there's a door as soon as you pop up. Okay. Um, and Molino Cath is very far around me uh, again? That, that went off. Okay. Uh, then I just continue to climb up and in the okay. room. Alright, uh, it's a very, it's like a closet. So, there's room for about you. I put my ear against the door and see if I can tell if there's anyone outside. Alright, uh, that would be... Make a investigation check. 14. Okay, you hear very muffled sounds. Um, <coughs> you think there is someone outside. I... Ready my short sword, okay. and does the door open in towards me? It opens out. All right, I open the door as hard as I can. Mm -hmm. Like I just slam it open. Okay. And pop out. Okay. Um. So when you pop out, you see a another goblin who's kind of he's facing the other way though. So you kind of. His back is to you. Uh, okay. He, he definitely seems like he's just getting the memo now that he's supposed to be on guard. Um, so what you have now is an attack of opportunity where you get a surprise round. So what we're going to do, I want everyone needs to roll initiative now. Would you just a regular d20? d20 plus your initiative bonus. I got an 11. Right. I got a 5. I got a 10. All right. Uh, AJ, you're actually able to get an attack on him before he notices. So you're first newer anyway, but you get an attack on him because he's it's a surprise. Okay, uh, so I I only have one short sword out, so I'm just gonna make one basic attack, um, which is my plus my dexterity. Yep. Right? And are you proficient in sword swords? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you got a twenty. Okay. So what you're gonna do is the d it's a d eight I believe for damage. So yeah. roll that once, and then roll that again. Okay. And a five. Yep. So, and then add your strength to that. Do I just add dexterity to it again? Well, regardless, he's dead. So oh. <laughs> you 
let's say you stab your sword through his chest, and he just he didn't see it coming at all. He is he is dead. D E D. He is D-E-D dead. Um, so, so stuff is about to happen. So that's why we're going to be doing initiative order now. Uh, so this is where your movement speed comes into effect. Um, the ladder is about 5 feet tall. So you'd be using 10 feet of your movement to get up the ladder. Okay. And Sage, since you're 9 feet tall, I'm going to have you use 15 feet. Because it's just going to, it takes a lot more effort for you to get the ladder than anyone else. So, AJ, it's actually your turn again, because you were first in the order. Okay. Uh, do I see anyone else around? Or any uh, other goblins? Make investigation check. Six. You don't see anyone. You're in a kitchen. And you, what you just popped out, it looks kind of like a, a spice closet. There's a big-ass stove to your right. Right ahead of you, where the goblin was standing, is the door leads into like kind of a hallway. Um, there's a straight hallway, and you can tell it makes a right, too out of the door um there's kind of a sink on that wall and on the other side of the wall is just a big table and there's a, a pig on it that's dead okay i um i move into the intersection of the two hallways yep and ready my bow okay um uh, yeah you Wait. see you actually see a another goblin who makes eye contact with you at the end of that hallway, I mean, up to the right. Can I attack him? Yes, with you the can, bow. Because you, this is another turn. So you basically got a surprise of opportunity attack on that first goblin, and now this is your turn. I will attack him with my bow. Okay. Then, yep. which is D20. another d20 plus whatever dexterity is. Seventeen. All right, that hits. So full damage, eight. which yep, d8 for a bow, and that's plus your dexterity again. Plus four, so seven. Okay. Uh, he looks... It hits him, like, right in the head, and he does not look happy. He, he is super <laughs> bloody. He's alive, but he... And it, right. it is the goblin's turn. Hooray. He is gonna, like, run at you. He is bleeding heavily. He is gonna come at you with a dagger. While okay. yelling. Like, take his last breath and yell. He's about 20 feet away. So you're up to you. Okay. Uh, does a 19 hit? That's my armor class, right? Yeah. Alright, so yep. he's going to do 3 points of damage to you. Okay. He kind of gets you in the arm. I say, ow. Yep. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit, they're stronger than I thought. <laughs> Alright, uh, Sage, it is your turn. Um, my PC just froze. Give me a second. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I don't are, know what Are the you going to be playing with the ladder, though? Uh, yes. Okay. Would you want to pass your turn so you can get yourself settled? Yeah. All right. Um, let's go to next in the order be Molino. I want to climb the ladder and get as close to AJ's okay. behind can, as I can. You can get to. You actually get right behind him, and the Gerblin's right there. Oh, so would I be within range to try to take a swipe at him? You can actually get a full-on attack on this goblin. Okay, with my dagger. All right. Take a stab at him. Eight. Uh, what's your bonus? On attack? On, uh, yeah. It'll be your dexterity. Oh, four. All right, that does not hit. Mm. You kind of, uh, you kind of miss. And the goblin's like, oh, that's more than I thought. 
Alright, uh, Sage, are you around yet? Uh, no, my PC is okay. acting all weird. Alright, um, um... I mean, you're yeah. gonna be... I'm assuming you're getting up from the ladder, right? Yeah. You're, it's much more effort for you. You can really only get to, like, right in front of the door. And you... I don't think you'd be able to reach um, the goblin anyway. Yeah, because you have to go 15 feet up. So 10 feet. But do you want to attack the goblin? Uh, yes. Alright, I have a character sheet if you want me to do it. Okay. You have... Right, plus... Are you just attacking with the katana? Yep. Alright. You roll up. Uh, you roll seventeen plus two, nineteen. That hits, and he's dead. He had one hit point. <laughs> so close. You like just poke, poke, you do like a pool cue style hit with him, and he's dead. Okay, so like one punch man. Yeah. You are dead. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> next up is Dylan. So what Dylan does is actually kind of impressive. He, like, scampers up that ladder like a monkey. And he moves unbelievably fast. And he, like, gets, he runs out that door with his, with a sword in hand, ready to attack. And he, but then he sees dead goblins. And he goes, oh, did I miss it? <laughs> oh, Dylan. Alright, that's, that's his turn, but he's you're still in initiative order right now. Um, so let's so which way do you guys want to go? Hey, your map sorry, your map of the compound actually put you in about the what looked to be the kitchen of the slave house. According to your map, um Thalmark's hut is next uh house over. I mentioned that to them because I'm the one holding the map mm -hmm. and Ask if that's the way they want to go. Can I agree? You you can just agree. You can just speak yeah, the character. I I agree. Alright. So are you we going should be quiet to... about it? Alright, so go. are you going to the hut? Yeah. Alright. So yeah, there's a there's a door. You can exit you can exit. Um so you exit the slave house. So what I want need all of you to do right now is make stealth checks. And the way this is gonna work is a group we need a at least half of you to pass. Right. Oh, man. I'm going to have a roll for Dylan. I hope you roll better than Dylan did. Alrighty, I got mine. So you 22. Alright. Uh, we're going to roll 22. I got a 12. Alright. I got a 5. Alright, so you're kind of sneaking around. And there is one there's a goblin guarding uh Thalmark's house he isn't really paying attention but just as you are getting close to him uh Rallin, you step on a twig and it breaks and the goblin kind of turns to you and goes, what the fuck i and, shoot him with the <laughs> and let's see yep and it actually worked out because he's still in this order so you're still is your turn again because dylan was last in the order yeah. Alright. Roll d20. 10. Alright, it misses. <laughs> what he's going to do, actually, he is going to take an arrow of his own. 
and shoot it at you. Okay. Uh, he uh, does a ten hit. No. All right. Uh, it misses too. Melino is your turn. Be scared, boy. Oh, you know what? Let's use magic again. Good idea. I <laughs> want to do a uh, vicious mockery. Ooh, I like that. On on him. Okay. Do you, do you need the description or anything? Uh, I have it here. I, I think you okay. should tell us what it is for those yeah, of us who don't. Yeah, to the, those listening at home. You unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you can see within range. Mm -hmm. If the target can hear you, though it need not understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have a disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. Right. The spell's dead, blah, blah, blah. All right. So, one, so you're casting on him. He has to be a 13 wisdom. I can tell you he is not very wisdom-y. Oh, good. I dropped the d20. Did I uh, fail? He just did. Just beat it. Uh, so you hear him insulting. He goes, "Hey, man, that's that's cruel." <laughs> all I do is make him. All I do is make him angry. Nothing. He got a fourteen. <laughs> Nothing. Um. All right. Uh, Sage, it is your turn. Okay. And what am I trying to do? Uh, you're all kind of in a line, or you're all right outside this one goblin guarding the house. And. Uh, Everyone's attacked so far have missed. I'm going to attack too. Alright. Roll d 20. That, 14. Uh, that's a miss. Damn. This fucking goblin. Uh, are you attacking again? Yes. Alright. So your right hand kind of... Uh... Alright, that's that is a hit. So your right hand <laughs> attack kind of misses, but you get him kind of the left uppercut. Alright, so roll damage on that bad boy. Plus four. Oh, he's dead. Um, <laughs> so you kind of kill him one hit. These goblins are not very tough. All right, so you guys... Um, so you kick him on the door, I'm assuming. So you, so you kill the goblin, enter the house, right? All right. So yeah. while you, when you went, as soon as you enter the house, you see this huge half-orc man standing there with <laughs> a very large sword. In his right hand. And in his left hand, he's holding this tiny, frail, elven woman. And he goes, I knew Brendan Bailey would send those new guys here. Yeah. My goblins could take care of you. But now I will. And as he does that, he raises the sword and stabs the elven woman through the chest. 